Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them. Fail big. That's right. Fail big. Today's the beginning of the rest of your life, and it can be, it can be very frightening. It's a new world out there. It's a mean world out there, and you only live once. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go, and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. I mean, as you know, I was born in 1947 in Austria after the Second World War. So I was very fortunate that I stumbled onto my vision. And I didn't really like Austria when I grew up. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I couldn't see myself becoming a farmer or a worker in a factory or anything like that. Even though my parents wanted me to stay there and have a normal life. But that was their vision, not mine. My vision was totally different. I felt that I was born for something special, for something unique, for something big. Then one day I went to school. I remember I was 11 years old and they showed a documentary about America. There they showed in this documentary the huge skyscrapers, the high rises, the huge bridges, the six lane freeways, and all of this stuff. And I said to myself, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be around here with these little farmhouses, these little buildings. I want to be in America. You guys will find that you have passions. And having a passion is a gift. I think we all have passions. And you don't get to uh, choose them, they pick you. But you have to be alert to them. You have to be looking for them. And when you find your passion, it's a fantastic gift for you because it gives you direction, it gives you purpose. Uh, you can have a job, or you can have a career, or you can have a calling. And the best thing is to have a calling. And if you find your passion, you'll have that, and all your work won't feel like work to you. What's your dream life? And so many people have a general idea of that. They'll see the success of somebody else and feel like, well, that looks like a dream, that must be for me. But they've never put the time in to actually figure out what is the specific life that I'm looking for? What's the specific mix of life and work that I'm looking for? So for me, I'm seeking extreme flexibility through my work, extreme flexibility, so I can go and do the things that I wanna do and still work as I'm doing it. So I'm not running away from my work when I go away to different countries. I'm actually embedding that in my life's work. And so as a result, I needed to get really good at something unique, something so unique that others had value in. And when I did that, it allowed me to be in control. One of the challenges we have with jobs nowadays is that we allow somebody else to own our control of work. We allow somebody else to write down our job description, to define the boundaries of our work. And so as, as a result, we never declare it for ourselves. And it's totally a mistake that people make. You need to be in control of your life's work. You need to be in control of what you do with your productive time. And once you start to own that, once you start to own the path, get good at something very unique that others have value in, you can start to shape the career and life that you want.
don't just follow the trend. You may have heard me say it to, to, that it's good to think in terms of the, the physics approach of first principles, uh, which is rather than reasoning by analogy, you boil things down to the most fundamental truths you can imagine and you reason up from there. And this is a good way to figure out if, if, if something really makes sense or if it's just what everybody else is doing. It, it, it's hard to think that way. You can't think, think that way about everything. It takes a lot of effort. Uh, but if you're trying to do something new, it's the best way to think. Um, and that framework was developed by, by physicists to figure out counterintuitive things like quantum mechanics. So it's really a powerful, powerful method. In the future, it's not about the competition of knowledge. It's the competition of creativity. It's a competition of imagination. It's a competition of learning. It's competition of independent thinking. If you think like a machine, the problem will come. In the past 20 years, we'll make people like a machine. In the next 20 years, machine will look like a people. So in the future, it's not knowledge driven, it's the wisdom driven. It's the experience driven. In the past, it's the knowledge driven, and it's the manufacturing driven, and in the future, it's the creativity driven. I think next 30 years, the world is going to change a lot. The new technology is going to change every aspect of the world. So this is what we think the world should be focusing on, not only the IQ, EQ, but also focus on LQ, the Q of love. Because only when you care the others, only you care the others that succeed and more successful than you are, you have the chance. Whatever industry you pick, if you outwork everybody, if you try to be a little smarter than everybody, if you try to be a better salesperson than everybody, if you try to be better prepared than everybody, you've got your best chance because if you don't do it and somebody else does, you know, I, I have the saying, work like someone's trying to take it all away from you. You know, work, mm -hmm. I actually work mm -hmm. like someone's spending 24 hours, working 24 hours to take it all away from you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of the way I look at it. You know, a question I ask all over the world, what does school teach you about money? And the answer is nothing. But the way to keep the poor and middle class working hard is never teach them what the rich know. It's what the rich teach their kids about money, the poor and middle class do not. And today in the world, America especially, is this gap between the rich and everybody else. And I know the game of the rich. You know, my, my rich dad taught me, you know it because you're the banker. Rich dad's lesson number one, the rich don't work for money. Don't you touch that stuff. I don't want to hustle, I want to, I want to prosper. I don't want to grind. I want to create a machine that monetizes. You know, I'm not shameful of money. I want money. I want a lot of money. I want to give money away. I want to raise a lot of money. You can't do that if you're broke. For me, it, it has been the, to be that guy that does what people say can't be done. You know, and I think it started with uh, trying to please my mother and trying to please my grandmother. And they always wanted higher for me. They always wanted more for me. And it got to the point that I wanted to be something. I wanted to be somebody. And it, it made me uh, choose certain roles. It, it made me turn down certain roles. Um, there is more, more than an image that I want to project. I want to be the person that is the first person there and the last person to leave. That's who I want to be because I think that 
the, the road to success is through commitment and through the strength to drive through that commitment when it gets hard. And it is going to get hard and you're going to want to quit sometimes, but it'll be colored by who you are and more who you want to be. I definitely found that uh, wanting to be an actor stems from wanting to be somebody. Everything was done to try to learn how to become a better basketball player. Everything, everything. And so when you have that point of view, then literally the world becomes your library to help you to become better at your craft. So because you know what you want, the world's giving you exactly the information you 100%, need to become better at it. Because you know what you're looking for. So many guys tell stories about your work ethic. Yeah. What was really your work ethic like and for how long did you stay disciplined? Um, well, I mean, I mean, every day, I mean, since, you know, 20 years, I mean, it was an everyday process and trying to figure out strengths and weaknesses. For example, jumping ability, Man, my vertical was a 40, it wasn't a 46 or a 40, mm -hmm. 45. Um, my hands are big, but they're not massive, right? So you got to figure out ways to strengthen them. So your hands are strong enough to be able to palm a ball and do the things that you need to do. Uh, quickness, I was quick, but not insanely quick. I was fast, but not ridiculously fast, right? So I had to rely on skill a lot more. I had to rely on angles a lot more. I had to study the game a lot more. And, uh, but I enjoyed it though. So like from the time I was, I can remember when I started watching the game, I studied the game mm. and it just never changed. I'm not, you know, the classic Silicon Valley CEO. You know, I think that for me, I used to believe that that meant that I could never really achieve what they achieved, that there were certain parts of the world, certain um, levels of success, certain levels of business that were just going to be too big for me. It's like, how could I dare say I'm going to run an energy company? Mm. Like that I'm going to build wealth for a community. Like who, who the hell am I? I made the mistake freshman year of college of going in and having no goals. Freshman year, you know, I actually did horrible in class uh, because I didn't know my goals of what I wanted to achieve academically. Um, I let my body fall apart. I just, I let my, I lost myself. And because of that, I realized that I'm the kind of person who needs to work to know herself and consistently keep track of who she is. In the end, you know, it's about recognizing the value in our own struggle, being appreciative, and aware of our privilege um, so that we can have empathy for others and their experience. It can, we can bridge the gap for them. Um, and then being able to take all of that and own it. Say, this is who I am. Some things are just destiny, you know? Look, everybody goes through a moment in their life where everything you thought up to that second vanishes and you realize that there's an opportunity to change the story that you've written in your head for the last two, three decades. And I think it's universal. I think there are very few people who don't get to a point at year 20, 30, 35 that don't start debating, wait a minute, is this what I want? Is this where I'm going? Is this how it's playing out? And you know, to me, that is one of the most important moments in one's life. You know, many people look at it as a moment to start to get upset and say, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. And others, regardless of what's happened, use it as an opportunity to write the next chapter. 
you don't get to choose how you start in this life, but you do get to choose what you do. Real greatness isn't determined by some birthright or fate. Real greatness is determined by what you do with the hand that you're dealt. So what are you going to do? Sit there, do nothing, complain, be a victim? Is that really what you want, to be mediocre? No one, and I mean no person on this earth, has ever woken up and said, I just want to be mediocre. So what are you going to do about it? Do you want to coast through life without fulfilling the potential that lives within you? Do you really want to wake up one day and realize that all of the dreams you have had have passed you by? Each one of us has dreams and we have passions. We have things that we want to accomplish. Maybe it's a better job. Maybe it's to be more fit. Maybe it's to have a better relationship with our children or our spouse. Either way, there's something out there I know that you want. The real question is how bad do you want it and what are you willing to do to get it? A dream that keeps you up at night is the real dream you should be chasing. But to chase that dream, to find that dream, to make that dream a reality, you need a strategy, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. Tony Robbins said that, right? A dream without a plan is just a wish. One thing that discipline definitely does help you with is it, it helps you get things done. And when you get things done, when you, you, you actually do things, you, 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 you have more success. If you have more success, and sometimes a big part of success is just not being lazy and just doing it. Yeah. Just get, that's like 90% of it is just showing up. Get there and start working. Like, you're not gonna feel perfect every day. It's pretty much the same with everybody that if, that actually gets good at something. You, you get, there's gotta be those days you push through. And they're, they're probably gonna be more numerous than the days you don't. And so the benefit of discipline in my eyes has always been that through discipline, I get things done. My experience is with people that we're probably running at about 51% of our capacity. Something, I mean, you can think about this yourselves. I often ask undergraduates how many hours a day you waste or how many hours a week you waste. And the classic answer is something like four to six hours a day. You know, inefficient studying, uh, watching things on YouTube that not only do you not want to watch, that you don't even care about, that make you feel horrible about watching after you're done, that's probably four hours right there. You know, you think, well, that's 20, 25 hours a week, it's 100 hours a month, that's two and a half full work weeks, it's half a year of work weeks per year. And if your time is worth $20 an hour, which is a radical underestimate, it's probably more like 50, if you think about it in terms of deferred wages, if you're wasting 20 hours a week, you're wasting $50,000 a year. And you are doing that right now. And it's because you're young, wasting $50,000 a year is a way bigger catastrophe than it would be for me to waste it because I'm not gonna last nearly as long. And so if your life isn't everything it could be, you could ask yourself, well, what would happen if you just stopped wasting the opportunities that are in front of you? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Unless you want average in America, marry 2.4 kids with one and a half dogs. But I can guarantee you, you will never achieve anything greater than your highest aspiration. If you want a million, you'll make a million, not a million five. If you want 10 million, 100 million, and uh, you'll never exceed that. If you change a billion lives, that's a formula to become a billionaire and change the world. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You wanna know why you're all up? Just look at the bums you hang around with. I do what you don't wanna do, that you know that you gotta do to be where you wanna be.
You're never gonna be great if you don't look for the 5%. I'm not on a different level, okay? These are pretty simple, basic tools. And so nobody out there is listening to him and saying, God darn, he's just, he's just using words and he's just so much smarter than me, so I'm not gonna become worth $5 billion. That book is bullshit, okay? He's just naturally smarter than me. I think you can see that I'm no smarter than anybody else in this room. I just use certain little basic tools to be successful every day. Take the word no out of your vocabulary. Worry about your customer, no spare customers. Use the 95-5 rule. Separate yourself from everybody else. Be the bull at whatever you do. And on and on and on. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs, but the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. As William Arthur Ward said, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts the sails. And that's how we all have to be. We need to look at the situation and understand not what personality type are we, but what are we going to do about it? That any of us, in any moment, we always get to choose how we react. We get to choose our frame of reference. We get to choose whether we're pessimistic. We get to see things in an optimistic way if we want. But at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is what do you choose to do? And so if you decide to fight the wind, to be angry, to argue about it, to complain, you're never going to go anywhere other than where the wind wants you to go. But if you remember that we have control, that we can react, that we can choose to adjust the sails, to harness the wind, to take us where we want to go, and instead of fighting against it and wasting energy, we learn how to harness everything around us. And as Alice Walker said, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. People lose sight of the fact that we always get a choice. No matter what happens in your life, the one thing that you get to choose at all times is the meaning that you ascribe to it. No one can take that away. The simple thing is this, see, if your joy, your sadness, your happiness, your misery is determined by something or somebody around you, the chances of you being joyful in your life is remote. For every one of you, your life is precious, isn't it? It's a precious life. 
if something is precious, where do you want to invest this life? Into what do you want to invest this precious life? If this is a worthless life, throw it somewhere. If this is a precious life, what do you want to invest this life into? In romance, fun moments and long phone conversations. We dream about finding a partner that we fall head over heels in love with. We search for that someone who will always have our back. We fantasize about finding our own personal teammate and cheerleader. However, it's easy to dream. It's easy to swipe right to meet someone online. It's easy to go on a lot of dates. Sometimes it's even easy to fall in love. But it's hard to be prepared for how painful it's going to be when it all ends. We get excited about all the future possibilities that stem from being together, creating a family together, and building a beautiful life together. But we are never taught how to deal with the end, when things fall apart and when the dream crumbles beneath us. And that's why I want you to remember that even though breakups put us through a whirlwind of pain, there's still a way to end the relationship with gratitude, with grace, and with love. I want you to know that there's a way to make it all hurt a little bit less. The Dalai Lama once said, remember that sometimes not getting what you want is a wonderful stroke of luck. Even though it may be hard to see it now, you still have the opportunity to grow as a person because of your relationship. Because the end of every relationship is the beginning of a new lesson. There's two sides of pain that I don't think a lot of people really understand. There's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain. But then there's another side of pain that's called effort. It's called glory. It's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you backed off. The first time you felt ah, that burn, the first time you felt that ah, it's too much. And we rationalize with ourselves to where we automatically stop. That's why a bunch of us give up so much in life so quick. That's why kids have a problem finishing things in today's time. Because as soon as they feel a small bit of discomfort, things ain't right, oh, they gone. I can't do it. But suppose I told you the greatest pain of my life is the reason I'm standing here. I'm gonna tell you the story, I gotta get out of here. And the story is about, you guys have probably heard about this before, it was a, it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money and so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I wanna be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you wanna be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. He liked the beach. I said, I wanna make money, I don't wanna swim. So the young man got there at 4 a.m., he all ready to rock and roll, got on the suit, he should have wore shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. Adrian, he's like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. 
I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area, the shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he crazy. He said, come on out a little further. Came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man getting scratching, holding him down. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answered the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Hello, this is Brandon from Motivational Speech Podcast. I have a great gift for you. I'm sharing some of the highly valuable life-changing free audiobooks. You can find the audiobooks link in the description. These audiobooks can change your life. So don't waste them.